0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All
1: right, back here with The Big Show joining us live in studio. He's usually here every week, but usually it's by phone. Every once in a while, he pops into the studio. He gives us a warning, like 20 seconds, and he just you know pops up out of nowhere.
0: Now we can see him roll his eyes yeah. when, he, when yeah. we ask yeah. him questions. Uh, right. On the so, phone, uh, you can't tell. Yeah.
1: Danny Ainge, uh, good to see you.
2: How you guys doing?
1: You know, we're doing fine. How about you? Everything good? Yeah, it's good. Feel pretty good. Game, game six yeah. should be good.
2: Very exciting. Uh-huh.
1: Uh the other night, kind of disappointing the way it, it closed out because it certainly looked like it was an opportunity.
2: Well, you know, it looked like uh we were we were cooked and then we had a chance and then it looked like it was over and then we had another chance and you know, we we didn't play well, I didn't think, and we had good spurts that sort of got us back in the game, but uh Probably wasn't a game we deserved, although we had chances.
0: You know, what was your take on the the final sequence of the game? I mean, I heard Doc say we didn't execute down the stretch. I shouldn't say the final sequence. Let's say the final 20 seconds. You know, Doc said we didn't execute. We had a foul to give, and we didn't realize it. We wasted seven or eight seconds there. Uh, He thought Rondo should have dribbled down the middle of the floor and maybe draw the defense to him. Maybe Garnett is open. What just what was your take on those final twenty seconds when the Celtics, you know, could have pulled it out, even though you didn't play well?
2: Well, it's hard to second guess the play because it was a you know a disorganized like loose ball and and just in transition. And you know, I, I the way I looked at it is I thought that uh, Horford did a fantastic job of containing Rondo. Uh, I think Rondo probably would have had a better chance of getting into the paint with no screen. You bring a you bring a ball screen up at that situation, you just bring another defender and, and jam it up. Where I thought. Josh was guarding him, backpedaling, and Ronda was going to get to the paint at least and be able to create create, create something. But um, you know, it was it, when when Paul missed the shot. It looked like you know the team was deflated and just sort of took the next few seconds off instead of getting right back in the game. And and um, you know that that was that cost us.
1: All right, you've been here before, Game Six. You've got the game at home. You know that if you lose the game, Game Seven is going to be on their home court. How different do you approach a game like this?
2: One? <laughs> oh, you know, I think that uh, both teams uh, view this as a must-win. Um, you d- you have to. Obviously, we have another shot at it in Game Seven, but I think our guys uh, will will approach the game tonight, and Doc will coach it like this is this is a the the end of the season type of game, uh, an elimination game, and I think that's how they'll coach it and play it.
0: Uh, what What's your take on the on the injuries? to this team so far. I mean, you look at uh you look at Paul, you look at Ray, you look at Avery Bradley, you look at Petrus. I mean, I know normally in the playoffs most teams can't say our guys are 100% but this seems a little out of the ordinary for your team pretty banged up.
2: You know, our guys have been healthy for the most parts of their career. Um but right now, I mean, just sort of a fluke injury with Paul and um and you know Ray's has been going on for a while so raises a typical injury i mean you know you could say age and all that but you look around the league and it's you know some of the prime players in the league dwight howard is in his 20s and rose is in his early 20s and um, there's a lot of injuries that are that are going on at this time of year to key guys and um, if your key guys can't perform at a high level then it's very difficult to win in playoff basketball all right, i keep on hearing he, that the
0: he's, he's, i I'm just want to just follow up a uh, question quickly on playoff basketball you mentioned would you agree just from what you've been able to experience as a player coach uh executive that the level of play I mean the physical play goes up a a bit and is that because the officials allow it
2: no I think it's the emotion more than anything I think that I don't think it's because the officials allow more in the playoffs um I think it's because every possession is more meaningful and, uh, you know, in the regular season, no matter how much you, sl- you slice it up, and it's gotten different. I mean, when I played, it was um, <clears throat> there was more of a discrepancy as we played 40 minutes a game often. That's harder to do in today's game just because um, teams do emphasize defense more at the beginning of the games. And every possession is more meaningful. For us, it used to be the playoffs. You know, it got that way. And as the series went along, it got more and more intense that way. Um, and I think that it's it's double the emotional um, stress. And guys are thinking about it and not sleeping. And, I mean, it's a, it's a high level of intensity.
1: I, constantly <laughs> you're hearing on the – especially on the national shows when they're talking about all of the injuries around the league right now, they're bringing up the shortened season as the reason. Do you buy that or is that just uh...
2: – I, I don't think I buy that. I think um, – I mean, look – we're talking about young players and we're talking about a player like Derrick Rose as an example and Shumpert uh, are two guys that were hurt that missed much of the season right I mean they played a very short season anyway they had all this time to get healthy the teams weren't rushing them back um, I, I don't think so no I don't I don't think it really has a correlation I mean it's an easy it's an easy thing to say and, and there's some guys that showed up out of shape um, this year so that could have a bearing you know you someone or a team. Shape. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think our guys weren't all all mentally ready to go when the season started. It was it was an emotional off-season for them and um, no question about that. But I, I don't think you can blame the injuries on that.
0: For some reason the the date jumps out of me. I think it was July 31st, 2007. That was a big press conference. Everybody comes together, KG, Ray, and Paul. And here we are in 2012, almost 5 years later. Did you think when you made that trade for Garnett and that was following the trade for Allen. Did you think that this group would be together for five years? Were you thinking of it that way at all? Did you put a number on it, or did you say to yourself, I'm just going to see what happens and see how they continue to play?
2: Well, you know, I said at that time that, um, you know, I didn't know how long those guys would be special. Um, But I did believe that KG and Ray in particular, and, you know, of course, Paul, he was the youngest of the three, that they would still be playing basketball right now, and they, will, they still would be contributing to winning teams. And um, so I'm not surprised that they're still playing well and still playing at a high level. Um, I've really grown in my admiration for those three guys every year. I mean, we win the championship the first year, and there's a lot of, a lot to look at and just be amazed at. But this year, 2010, was another special moment. We were terrible in the regular season especially at the end, and then, you know, to finish the way we did and get to a Game 7 um, was unbelievable. And then now what they're doing after a terrible start, and I didn't really think their heads were in it earlier, but just to, just to show the pride that they have and the professionalism they have to, to get where they, to where they are and, you know, to win the division and, you know, have all these goals, I mean, just shows you what these guys are made of.
0: I've heard from more than one person that if Kevin Garnett were more media- friendly if he were more open with the media we would be amazed uh, at what kind of teammate he is and some of the things he does to help people out and if practices were open this is not my commentary but if practices were open to the media we could see even more but what have you what have you seen could you give us a couple of stories about garnett that maybe people don't understand he's a very private guy we don't know a ton about him as a as a boston celtic we don't know a ton about him but what, what have you seen from him that would just well that would I think, blow people away
2: i think the fact that you you don't see him promoting himself um, gives you a little bit of an indication from the first time from the first day he arrived it was all about the team he didn't want any special attention he wanted anytime he was doing an interview with sports illustrated or nbc i mean he got everybody there he didn't want a kevin garnett special and you know that's how he goes about his job i mean he prepares to play he works hard to play. You know, with his body, he keeps his body in shape. He plays with injuries, and uh, I mean, the guy is just a pro's pro. And um, but if you know, if you're a player that you know he doesn't like because you're not competing hard enough or you're not working hard enough, I mean, he'll he'll turn on you. Uh, but if you're a guy that just puts in the effort, you know, he'll be your greatest fan and greatest supporter, even if you're not the greatest player. I mean, Ryan Hollins is a perfect example. Ryan hasn't played great for us, but because he plays so hard and he practices hard, KG loves the guy. And um, so I think that there's, you know, and Steamsma too. I mean, he's, he's a big fan of Steamsma. But I think that um, KG is, you know, he plays the game the right way. I mean, Doc this year from the first day at training camp said, you know, 20 and 10, 20 and 10, 20 and 10, trying to get him to be more assertive offensively, take more shots, be more aggressive. And, uh, I mean, KG, that's not in his nature. That's, I mean, his whole career, he's had people telling him that, but there's such a mutual respect there. He knows that, that's, that, that Doc is all about winning, and so he tries to do that, and he has, a, he has a fantastic season being more aggressive offensively, still shooting the same percentage.
1: I don't think I've ever seen a star in this town, a star player, disappear off the court as much as he does. You never read about him. You never see about him. Uh, the inside track has nothing on him. He just disappears. He must stay within the four walls of, of his uh, his house. Four walls, and, and, and eight walls. <laughs> I, I probably yeah. I can probably <laughs> I guarantee force. you that it's more than four walls.
2: There. Yeah, I know he's got a workout room and you know like a video center with a bunch of TVs down you there. You know what I mean? He entertains he entertains his friends and yeah. he stays at home. Yeah, no, he's. Uh,
1: but he's, you never hear about him out in the town and all these yeah. other guys. I mean, the Red Sox, unfortunately, are on golf courses everywhere now, so you can <laughs> find them wherever you want them. But and shooting pretty well too. Yeah, <laughs> I hey, totally all understand.
2: of us, all, all of us, wish that that uh, you know, guys playing golf, even injured guys playing golf, were the worst problems. I mean, in management, all you want to do. I mean, my 35 years in, in professional sports, um, you know, guys playing golf that that miss a start wouldn't even be in the top hundred of things that you'd want guys to do and to focus on. But and. Or for that matter, you know, drinking beer or eating chicken in the clubhouse. Those right. those are like those are little tiny things. Those certainly aren't reasons for lack of success. Yeah, but you know what
1: they are? They're symbolic because the, the beer and the chicken you would never do. As far as golfing, I don't think I've ever known, getting back to star players, ever known anyone playing more golf than you do in the course of a week. And when you were a player, you played it on a regular basis. But if you were hurt, if you were injured. Would you be out there on the golf course? Mm,
2: it, it depends. Um, probably not. Listen, it doesn't look good. Okay, so that's the first reason why you don't do it. It doesn't look good. But is it really bad? I mean, in, like I'm saying, in contrast to what other guys are doing that are detrimental to their bodies and their preparation at night, healthy or not healthy, um, those kind of things, the chicken and the and the uh, golf, are way down the list. Now, Glenn, I'm surprised at you. You were with the team in the 80s. Right. And you know what guys are doing. Um Sometimes and they're off time and you have no control of that over a team. I don't care if it's who you are. You don't have control over what star players are doing uh, on the road at night. I mean, you can encourage them, you can try to motivate them, but I knew what you were doing. It. Also, we're doing much. I
0: was say, you know now you yeah, you piqued my interest, Glenn. <laughs> no, what was but, happening? Give no,
1: us some but, stories. Oh, yeah. I would follow Rick uh, Roby, and I'll guarantee you <laughs> there was something going on there. <laughs> why age, do you think why do you, think?
2: why do you think he was shipped out of town? I don't know Why he was shipped out of
1: so that Larry could have a full and productive career? Right, That's so Larry why.
2: could get some sleep at night. <laughs> right, yeah. No, so there Larry was some, wasn't. So Larry wouldn't be playing golf on the off days <laughs> of the playoffs. Yeah, you could always. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Uh, we were playing. We played golf on one day. Uh, Kevin, Larry, and I played golf on an off day, and we came into practice the next day, and Bill Fitch found out about it. And Bill gets the whole team together, and he, you know, at this time it was, you know, it was a significant fine. But he says, you know, you guys are fined two hundred dollars each because you guys were playing golf on your off day yesterday. And we get, the, and the whole team sitting there, and Larry says, "Well, boys, looks like we better up the stakes tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> That's how much control coaches have. You know, what I mean, I don't know where this idea that you're 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 working with grown men, and if if Larry Bird gets. Amazing credit for his triple double and his forty points, which he should. Why would the coach get be blamed for him not preparing himself correctly?
1: I don't think you can blame the
2: coach, right? And so you can blame the player, right? That's where I mean the responsibility comes to players. I mean they know what their role is. There's not a player in a professional team that's been with the team at least a couple years that doesn't know what's expected of them on the field and on the court. Yeah, I, that's the, where the, the buck stops. The I one mean, that, that's where it stops. Yeah, the, I mean, if you don't do it, if you're not getting your sleep, if you're not eating right, if you're getting out of shape, I mean, you could have the strength coach and the you could have the greatest facilities, you could have everything, but it comes from the the individual will of that player.
1: I remember Rick Roby? One night, it was a Saturday night. Had a rough evening. I think he walked in at about six seven o'clock in the morning. It was a Sunday afternoon. It was an old CBS afternoon game, right? And somebody was hurt. Power. Somebody was hurt. Roby had to start. You may even remember this game. It might have been the shaky performance <laughs> I've ever seen from an NBA starter. He got his he got his legs by the second quarter, but the first quarter was frightening. So it does happen. I mean, guys do. And, and Roby was the type of guy at that point wasn't expecting to play an awful lot and was pushed into, into service. But what happens if you're an injured player and it just looks bad? That's it, Danny. It looks bad. People start wondering, do you
2: really care? Okay? Right. And when you don't perform. I mean, listen. Ultimately, it's up to the pit players to perform. If we are in the playoffs last year and the, and the team doesn't collapse, and nobody mentions the the chicken and the beer, never nobody even knows about it. Right. But it's all comes down to your performance. And
1: uh, we're gonna find out yeah. about chicken and beer when the Celtics season is well? over. <laughs> I don't like know. If
2: you, I'll find out. If you find out, it'll be it'll be news to me too.
1: <laughs> I have a quick
0: question for you. I mentioned this before you, you got here. And in, in football, this doesn't happen. In hockey, it doesn't happen. I'm reading a story here. ESPN.com. The Boston Celtics clarified the injury status of starters Paul Pierce, sprain left MCL, and Avery Bradley, strain left rotator cuff Thursday, but noted both players went through a shoot-around this morning and are expected to play in tonight's Game 6. Why be so specific with injuries?
2: You know, it, it's like we've talked before, you know, like with the whole KG thing and just all the uncertainty. And, uh, you know, I, I had media, you know, trying to track me down for the last few days. Media The, the medical stuff is tricky. Nobody's trying to hide anything. Nobody's trying to protect anything. Why I mean, not? There's, there's, there's <laughs> I, things I would that hide are, it right now. Right, but there's there's things that change. When, you know, with further tests, with another game, with, you know, and it's it's always up and down. And and so I think that there's just I don't even know why they sent those out. I guess the doc must have felt like he didn't want to answer all the questions and just wanted to clarify once. But and if you were
0: playing against a guy and you knew that he had a left wrist injury and he's uh, left-handed, or, I mean, any, anything you know, do you use that to your advantage? I mean, I would.
2: Right, well, if it hadn't been out already, you know, I mean, maybe there's a reason why you don't want to say it if a guy's playing. Um, if a guy's not playing, you know, you don't really, Then that doesn't come into play, but, you know, I guarantee you whoever's guarding Paul Pierce tonight is not thinking that Paul Pierce is hurt. I mean, Paul just came off a 24 points in 18 minutes the last time, you know, they were here in the garden, so... And same with Avery Bradley. I mean, Avery had a sore shoulder two games ago, and he's diving for the ball. He gets two steals. He goes down, and you know, gets knocked into the stanchion. I mean, you don't really see any sign of it. It's that time of year. You just play. See, and, I would uh, remind, I,
1: don't, I, don't, I would I remind them of the uh, Paul Pierce injury. I'd bring the wheelchair out again. Yeah, <laughs> just reel it out there, put it on the floor. You got a few more minutes. You got a few yeah, more minutes. You sure. got nothing to do with the hell. The game's late. Uh quick break. We'll come back with Danny Ainge here on the Pick Show. The, the technical I got thrown out was the most unprofessional tech by a ref I've ever had. He stood there, and he goaded me, and he goaded me, and stared at me, and go, look at the film. That's Doc Rivers talking about Bill Kennedy tossing him out uh, back in 2009 against the the Bulls in uh, Chicago. Um, Do you think any of these guys carry on uh, anything? Is there something about officials and certain coaches or officials and certain players? I hope not. Not tonight, you don't. <laughs> yeah, no. I
2: mean, I just, I, I just hope that that doesn't happen. I, I know that, uh, listen, officials and coaches uh, do things and say things, and players uh, that they sometimes regret. But hopefully, there's no grudges held in those scenarios. Do
1: you know this guy, Michael Guerin?
2: Um, Julian. I know, I know, Guerin, who, I know who Michael okay, is. Okay,
1: he's the uh, co-owner of the Atlanta. Well, they've got a bunch of owners, and you know, they've had all sorts of issues going on down there over the last few years. Did you see any of his words talking about? Uh, K.J. is the dirtiest guy in the league. We don't get any calls, which I know everybody always hears. But I'll give you a stat. Last night, we're playing this old physical team. They are old. I know what happens when you play basketball. Old guys foul. Kevin Garnett is the dirtiest guy in the league. We're playing Boston last night, and they had two fouls the whole first half. We had five times that, and we're athletic. She trying to maybe... Open up the eyes to the officials, trying
2: to get them. Yeah, to, I don't see him saying that about other teams that are that they're not playing and that they don't have a vested interest in. <laughs> so he's trying it's to get pretty, the officials. It's pretty obvious what he's, he's, tra- he's trying to right, do. He's trying
1: to get the attention of the officials. Hey, did you guys pay
2: attention to the yeah. other night? Because this is what they sure get to, does. That ever work? Do you think? I don't think so. No.
0: You think KG will be motivated by it? I don't uh, think KG pay even attention knows to it.
2: it. I don't think KG has any idea that anyone's even saying it. And if he did, I don't think he would care. And he's been through this and. Water off a duck's back.
1: I want to ask you this without getting specific because I know you can't get specific about it. Because a lot of people ask us the question they're pretty impressed with what they've seen in the last month and a half. And like anything, there's ebbs and flows to all of this. And suddenly there's admiration for KG and for Ray and these guys and bringing them back or whatever. How do you do it and still be able to present yourself with a lot of money to go out and add other pieces to start building? And still become very, very competitive next year with these core guys still with you. How do
2: you? You you, you can't. (laughs) There's, there's no way. Um, You know their what their cap holds are are high unless you sign those guys for low money, and which they wouldn't accept uh, what it would take to, and then have cap space. You couldn't do it. You couldn't. uh, The rules would prohibit that in the new collective bargaining agreement.
1: So it really comes down to Danny at the end. You got to decide whether you want to hang on with these guys, and I doubt if any one of them want one-year deals. I doubt if their agents are going to come in and say, "Hey, Danny, give us a cheap little one-year deal." You really have to make a decision whether you want to stay with us or whether you really want to move on.
2: Sure, and you know, and they have to make decisions. I mean, we need to we need to know what where they stand and what they want to do, and and they need to know where I stand and where we stand as an organization on on what they want to do, uh, what we want to do, and. What direction we're headed, and you know they're going to want to know those answers, and we're going to want to know those answers, and that'll be conversation when we're done.
1: See, Michael can attest to this. We get the calls all the time. Well, you bring KG back, and he'll take a few million dollars, like three, five million, or whatever, well below what his value is now. Ray will take a couple million. They'll be happy to be here for one year, and that'll afford Danny to have all of this money to go and get all of these other players. Doesn't right. work like
0: that, does? No, it, it
2: doesn't work like that. <laughs> no.
0: Not only that, they'll take so. those they'll take those uh, relatively small salaries and they'll tutor the young guys who are yeah. coming along too.
1: That's not happening so, either, is it? Yeah, I don't right.
0: I don't think so. So do you know uh as we sit here in May, I don't even know what the day is. What, May, 9th, May 10th. It's the 10th. Today's the 10th. Thank Today's you very tenth, much. Yeah. Thank you. 2012 still? Yeah, it is. Do you know on May 10th what you want to do going forward or is it something that you will figure out as the playoffs unfold?
2: Well, you know, I know what I'd like to do, but um, like I said, it's, uh, you know, I I got to know what they want to do and what their future, what they, what their goals are and what they think that their market value is and what they're willing to do and how much they want to stay. And they're going to want to know what we want, what our plans are and who's going to be on the team. And they're going to want to know all those things. And none of those things can be answered right now. And uh, they know we like them. They know that, um, and I know they love Boston and they love playing for Doc and all that. And, but I don't know anything more than that.
1: Do you know any better than you did three weeks ago when we asked you, or four weeks ago when you asked her the question whether KG was coming back or not? I don't.
2: Yeah, I don't know
1: that. Well, he's playing so well. It's right. hard to believe. He's in a u- unique guy, so you never know what's in his mind. He may, you know, especially if he goes out on top, may say, you know, this is it. Uh, it's a great ride, and I'm going to walk out of here. But he's playing so well, Danny, it's hard to believe. That he can't help this team or some team, uh, even at, at a slightly reduced role. I don't think it has to be a real reduced role. He can have a major role with a team next
2: year. Well, he's certainly a major contributor for us right now, and uh, I agree with you. I think he's got basketball left in him, and and uh, but you know he is a very proud guy, and uh, I, I honestly don't think he knows right now exactly what he wants to do. I think he's just trying to stay locked in and focused and and uh, play as well as he can right now he does not like to be shown up and he does not like to play bad and he you know he has a great deal of pride and and uh and kg and i have talked he knows our interest and he knows doc loves him and wants him around forever and all that but um it'll be interesting to see where where that all ends up in july
0: Like history clearly will judge him as a power forward. One of the great power forwards in the game, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Carl Malone, Kevin McHale, Charles Barkley in that category. But do you think that KG going forward, do you think you could see him playing the rest of his career, whether it's a year, two years, four years as a center? you think that's a good fit for him long-term?
2: You know, I think that that's – talked about so much, and I think it's blown out of proportion. I mean, I think the center position is not a strength in the NBA right now, and it's not a dominant position like it has been in eras, but um, I think that playing the four and the five is sort of like playing the two or the three. It's really interchangeable, interchangeable. parts, yeah. and uh, it's I find it funny. I mean, KG's guarding a lot of the same exact guys he guarded when he was the four. And um, so I'm not sure that that – you know, Brandon Bass playing the four – uh, you know, has opened up the court also. I mean, if we had a non-shooting four, you know, KG would still be playing almost the identical role that he's been playing. So I, I think that that's blown out of proportion a little bit. Um, I think the fact that we have the kind of team that we have and sort of an open jump-shooting type of team, Rondo creating for everybody is, is helping KG. But um, four or five is not that big a difference. We've, but we've, he'll play either position if he continues his career either team i mean any team could use him at either one
1: we've gone a whole half hour and you just brought up rondo's name for the first time it's i don't think we've ever done one of these this season without rondo's name coming up in the first four or five minutes so i'll ask you this question would you think of his jacket the other night (laughs) you know what would you wear would you wear wear that jacket
2: I, i i love i love how charles can take like you know, something that a lot of people could make into a serious issue and just make so light of it, and, you know, and bring up, oh, well, he was mad because he was wearing that jacket. <laughs> and they caught that jacket on camera. That was hilarious. In the freeze frame,
0: too. They throw it <laughs> in a couple times.
2: The reason he's mad at the camera, man. Oh, I thought that was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, no, it wasn't the jacket I would wear. But Rondo, you know, he's one of those stylish guys. He looks good in most of the things he wears.
1: It didn't surprise you at all that he came out and played great in those two games over the weekend after the suspension i take it right
2: no he's come on the guy's a competitor he wants to win and he's a he's a fiery guy and plays with a lot of passion and a lot of emotion
1: do you think you finally got it from him that he understands that he can't do that again? Do you you feel confident going forward here? Because he is an emotional guy. He was emotional the other night after the game. They lose the game, obviously screaming at a photographer. I'm not sure whether that was off limits or or whatever, so I don't know what the circumstances. Maybe he had a reason to do it, but he's an emotional guy. Are you convinced that you're not going to have to worry about him in those type of situations
2: again? You know, I'm not convinced of that, no. (laughs) Great! Listen, 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 I think um, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I think that he he is one of those types of guys. I think that he's getting he's maturing incrementally. But to sit there and say he's never going to have an incident like this again, and you know, um, I just hope they're less and less, and he'll mature. And you know, we had these sim- similar issues with Paul when he was when I first got here. And you know, I would game be sh- six, I, Indiana. I, I would yeah. be shocked if I saw that from Paul again. Now, I mean, his age and his maturity, and you know, Rondo's still a young kid. And he's out there, and he's carrying a big load, and the game is very emotional. So I hope not, and I think he's learned from it. But um, you know, I'm not going to say say that for sure.
1: All right, we'll let you go. Good luck over there with the uh, game six, and uh, we expect to be talking some playoff basketball with you here next week. All right. And by I the way, so stop too. stop by any time. All right. Let's, guys. Just, let's just stop in, uh, Danny Ainge, right here on the Big Show. Quick break. We take your phone calls coming up next.